Welcome to One Foot In Beyond Work, where we find key opinion leaders to share with us what lies beyond work. You could be a mid-stage career employee who's questioning what's the next stage outside of career, how to find your passion, or even how to impact the world. Or you could be just planning your future. Maybe you're even looking for alternatives in the market. Whatever it is, we'll talk about it and we'll learn about what lies beyond work. But first, our partners. Assemble is a group of Telegram channels that focuses on bringing communities together with just a smartphone and the internet. If you are a prospective job seeker or want to explore what else is out there, they can connect you to the right employers. Just follow them on Telegram at SG Careers. Link is in the description. Oh, by the way, if you're looking to advertise in any of their channels, we're working together and can produce for you both a Telegram shoutout and a podcast package. Just drop us an email at onefootin at oneupmediapodcast.com. Email is also in the description. Now back to One Foot In. In the first of the series, episode one, we met Samir, a father of two, who left PNG for his current gap year after 17 years of service as a vice president. In the second of the series, episode five, we learned what his first sabbatical at age 30 years old taught him. But more importantly, it made him interested in pursuing a full gap year at age 40 years old. In the third of the series, episode 9, we learned how he prepared for it before he took the plunge in January of 2021. In this and final episode, we'll learn what he did during his 2021 gap year and what lessons he learned along the way. Samir kindly shared his journey with us and through his experiences, it could guide us and you on how you can think about your own sabbatical or gap year. When planning what to do about our gap year, I'm sure you've heard the advice that it depends on what you want to do, and it differs from people to people, so you need to know what you want. Sure, helpful advice. But sometimes we don't know what we don't know, and it's interesting to see how others planned and lived theirs as an inspiration on what we want to do. Samir will share with us what happened during his gap year, but more importantly, what he learned along the way. In January 13, 2021, Samir posted an article titled Gap Year at 40. Mind ways options. The heart knows. That marked the start of his gap year. In the article, he wrote, to explore new worlds and experiences. And initially, he thought he would do exactly that. So initially, I had planned all these wonderful trips I will take to go to Paris for doing a writing workshop, to go to UK for a coast-to-coast walk, and, you know, stuff like that. But of course, with COVID, the only trip I have taken is a trip to relocate from Hong Kong to Singapore. (laughs) So instead of discovering himself through unique experiences by traveling, he decided to discover more about himself inside through conducting different life experiments. In the first two weeks, he decided not to do anything, to see how he felt. Through this, he learned that while he was productive in life, he wasn't present. 
He then introduced three more experiments. Number one, a morning ritual by writing morning pages. Three full pages of longhand stream of consciousness writing. Number two, he went on serendipity hours. Walks outside of his home where he would find something interesting to do with no agenda plan. And number three, to go on a phone cleanse for a week. That phone cleanse will evolve to become a 21-day deprivation experiment. The rigor of his test would feel like a scientist gunning for the Nobel Prize. And for him, he might have felt that way. You see, after his first sabbatical, he felt that he could tell everyone exactly what he needed to do for the next 10 years. And he felt pressured that he had to be able to do the same thing for this gap year. So initially my thinking going in the gap year was that I will use the year to do different life experiments and based on what I learn, I will figure out what's the purpose of my life and I will commit to it for the next 10-15 years. That was the thinking I had. But what I learned in the gap year made me rethink that approach. So, you know, in the gap year, you meet people and people are curious to know what you have been up to and they are very curious to know what's next. And, you know, <laughs> Samir, have you figured out your purpose in life? <laughs> so, yeah, initially I would give them uh, very neat answers, right? I would feel under pressure in some way to give neat answers to them as if I had it all figured out. So I'll tell them about my experiences and things I was doing and things I was planning. But over time, I started to realize that it just did not seem right at some level. It didn't feel right to Samia because for the past 40 years, he was driven by his own curiosity. In fact, his sabbatical, when he was 30 years old, was just cause of an itch. This fundamentally changed his approach towards his own gap year. So I started thinking that instead of trying to think of purpose as a one-time event in life that you figure out and commit to for the rest of your life, why don't I think of it differently, which feels closer to reality to me? And now the way I think about my purpose is about following my curiosity about things that truly fascinate me now. And as I follow my curiosity to find my answers, and after I find my answers to those questions, choose to act on that if I want to, and choose to share with others if I think it's going to help others. So to me, that way of looking at purpose, which is based on acknowledging that we might land in more interesting places if we stay in the present, versus always are fixated on a future goal, that way of looking at life somehow seems closer to reality for me. And hence, I realized that, you know, I actually like living like this. So one day, when my wife and I were going for a walk, I told her that, and it was a few months back, that gap year is over. And she looked at me that now again, for what, what exactly it is. Because she knew that I still had a few months in the gap year. So I told her that, you know, gap year is over and, and life is a gap year. And I truly believe that by now, that I would like to keep the mindset of a gap year for the rest of my life. Uh, so, yeah, so that was a big aha for me of, of how I thought initially about what I will do after the gap year was now how I think about it. Samir shared more about where this winding road would lead him. One, which led to many kgs of weight loss and surprises. 
but we wanted to talk more when Samir decided to approach life as a gap year. Because I'm sure you're interested to know, how much more different would that be versus how he had decided to lead his life before? I think what will, Greg, remain similar is continuing to work on the foundations of life I talked about, right? So whether it's about money or it's about relationships or about health or what you call as career slash identity, which is a part of you that seeks expression in creating something which adds value. I don't think that will change. Uh, and also the challenges in each of them keep evolving. So I think I will want to keep working at uh, these foundations of life. But what will be different for me now is I would like, at least I would like to attempt to live life in the present, to stay in the moment and to follow my curiosity to the best of my abilities versus chasing goals. And like you said, for the first 40 years, um, at least I was programmed in a way that, you know, you always had needed to have a goal in order to operate and to work towards it and deconstruct back from the goal how you're going to get there to say that instead of uh, fixing fixed goals for the future, I'm rather going to see how life unfolds and follow my curiosity while, of course, doing the best of my abilities to commit to whatever fascinates me right now. It's a very different approach, but it just feels closer to how I see life is now. So I would like to at least try it out and give it a shot of living life like a gap year. You've probably heard that one before, living life in the present. It's one of those concepts that seem oversaid, but underimplemented. And so we needed to ask Samir the tough question. What were the buckets that he wants to focus on when he talks about living in the present? Hi everyone, it's Greg here. Yes, I'm a living person. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but if One Foot In was any help to you, could you quickly give us a 5-star rating on Spotify? We'll add 10 seconds of awkward elevator music while waiting. Thanks so much! Awesome, you're the best. Now back to One Foot In. So right now, there are three things I'm very fascinated with. The first is the area of life crafting. Uh, based on the conversations I have been having with so many people who have reached out to me, many strangers as well, like, you know, you reached out to me. Uh, I, I feel that how do we craft a hundred-year life that allows us to us multiple lives in one life? Uh, there is an area I have personally invested a lot of time over the last decade to figure out what works, what does not work. And I would love to find a way to help other people make a life transition to live life on their own terms. So this whole area of life crafting is something that I'm very passionate about. Um, I haven't decided what exactly I will do in there, but I believe that it's an area that will help lots of people and I could add value. The second area is about how to help develop emotional intelligence in kids. And that's a new area. One of the things uh, at the beginning of gap year I really wanted to figure out was how I can help um, really underprivileged kids have access to opportunities in life. Like I said, I grew up in a small town in India and I was lucky to get all the opportunities I got. But there are many friends I still have back in India who were as good as I but did not get the opportunities. So I had tried something in my last sabbatical in a very small way. 
Uh, but I figured out that the problem that needs to get solved keeps changing. Let's say 10 years back, content quality was an issue. Now with ed tech, content quality is not the biggest issue. So one of the things I wanted to figure out in Gap Year was what is it that will I can hopefully focus on to contribute. And with the focus on my own kids and helping spend a lot more time with them, reading about parenting, figuring out what is a unique role as a parent I can do to help my kids develop. I feel emotional intelligence, which is the ability to really be in touch with yourself and to figure out how do you go through ups and downs of life, is a skill that not just adults need, but adults were kids once. And if we can in some way help kids being in touch with who they are and acknowledge their emotions, I just feel it will make for happier kids and, and kids who grew up to really lead a full life versus just a successful life. So that's something I still have no specific plan on what, no specific idea of what exactly I will do, but that's an area I'm very, very keen to get going on and figure out how I can partner with, with the right people to help create uh, something around this area and make it accessible to everyone. The last area is a more of a personal quest on figuring out how does somebody start in the midlife from scratch and becomes an athlete or a competitive tennis player? Everything I have learned in the last three to four months tells me that I'm too late. But, <laughs> but it's okay. I'm having fun. And, you know, I'm really uh, discovering things about my <laughs> own limitations of body, but as well as how much body can grow as well and uh, how much skills can still be acquired. So it's, it's a fascinating area. I'm at the very beginning of it. From what I see, it'll at least take five, ten years. But uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the journey a lot of what I'm learning. You see, Samir is living in the present by being open to opportunities. Like when strangers reach out to talk. And by creating opportunities, like enabling underprivileged kids. In many ways, this podcast is his attempt at living in the present as well. Samir also shared more about how he was thinking about his finances to enable these present interests of his. We've kept that at the end of the podcast. It was close to 10pm when our interview was coming to an end, but we had to ask him one last question, if he had anything that he would like to share to you. This is what he said. Focus on systems. Don't focus on willpower. Willpower is usually in short supply. Uh, so what you'd rather want to do is to think about what systems can you build around the things that matter to you. Let's say for me, uh, when it came to money, I figured out I really can't make progress on it every day. Especially if you're working, daily life is relentless and there's so much going on. So I rather used to do once a year real deep dive at the end of the year. And once a quarter, I will figure out one weekend, I will go off an afternoon to a cafe or something and use that time to do my quarterly update. Or I figured out that while there are so many financial templates out there, I needed to get my own hands dirty to really feel comfortable with data on financials. So I created my own Excel sheet and over the last 5-10 years, it keeps building over time where I have all my data of uh, things I have learned and every year I ask myself what I have learned, I do analysis, but I at least feel satisfaction that, you know, I'm getting my hands dirty so I know what I'm talking about, right? So again, figure out what works for you, but that's what worked for me on money. Or on relationships, the system of, like we said, date nights, of just making sure you have a space 
that you are creating to have relaxed unhurried conversations was leaving it to the chance because you know once you get married and you have kids all you usually talk is about the kids play dates and you know this schedule that schedule so you often don't have a space unless you choose to create it you know to talk about anything which is deeper than the next play date for the kids right <laughs> all about health like i learned along the way that uh, the priority order that works for me uh, is about diet first and then sleep and then exercise and i discovered that just 2 3 years back with different experiments i did before that i used to focus on on uh, sleep on no actually on exercise as number 1 sleep as number 2 and diet as number 3 and i i was never making the progress i wanted so with different experiments i figured out a different system that works for me or lastly i would say about self discovery this idea of um, little bits or experimentation as a system whether it's about yearly dream boards or solo trips or learning something new every day or taking a sabbatical whatever works for you just don't leave it to chance and don't try to use willpower just build a system that can run on autopilot so yeah that's the advice i would give um life 2.0 a life that we live fully on our own terms is i think within reach for most of us if you're willing to do the work so hope uh, you all found this useful and thanks greg for having this chat i really enjoyed it We hope that you have enjoyed season 3 of One Foot In. It's been a pleasure to bring this season to life. There's still three more episodes to the end of season 3. We hope to see you there. As promised, we'll share two things. Number 1, the winding road that Samia has taken by living in the present. And number 2, the way that he is thinking of his finances to fund his interests. Enjoy. But first, our partners with career tracks by talent tribe figure out which career path is right for you how to break in and how to succeed in them whether you're starting out in your career trying to get a career switch or just looking to get better in the career path that you're on you'll find practical advice insider tips and hear industry professionals share their personal career journeys This includes product management, management consulting, data analytics, SEO, inside sales and over 100 other career paths. Experience career tracks for yourself and learn more about their upcoming webinar. Link is in the description. glens.com is a great website to connect you to your dream company. With over 1.5 million professionals connected to over 30,000 companies so far. If you are a business owner, Glins also offers recruitment services and offshoring solutions. So go check out glins.com that is g l i n t s.com. Now back to one foot in. Like one of the things I discovered a few months back is that I really would love in my midlife to not start from scratch and and become a competitive tennis player or become an athlete. That's something I would have never thought about. if i had thought linearly about what is it that i want to do with my life it's completely out of the blue it came few months back and since then i have been like training almost every day and 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 you know it's a huge distance ahead of me to even make progress but i think the point you said is because i'm i'm choosing to live life in the moment right now in the gap year it's just leading me to far more interesting places which intuitively in your heart you feel is in the right direction even though your mind might not be able to give a an answer why are you doing that and i just feel that way of living 
seems closer to what I would like to live my life as. So one of the things I have learned, Greg, over the last five years focused on um, financials and financial freedom is that investing and learning to invest, I find to be a much more efficient way to solve for money in life versus necessarily money from a job. Obviously, you need to have capital, some capital you need to build up. But once you build up some capital, I really feel that investing energy in learning to invest, and like I said, I'm not trying to beat the market. I'm just trying to make sure that without putting my capital at risk, how I can do a 6% return. That's all I want. So I feel that um, investing is, is the way I want to spend one, two hours every day I do spend to make sure I take care of money in life. But the other thing which I have realized in the gap year is that I had this neat financial freedom plan which I have put together, you know, based upon the returns we're talking right now. But can you truly forecast what will happen in a 100-year life? Right? I'm still like 40, 41. Anything can happen, right? There are wars that break out. The financial system can melt down. And that made me think that what is the true source of financial freedom in a 100-year life? Is it in the... Excel sheet numbers and the money you have in the account, is that the source of financial freedom? Or is it something else? And obviously, like I said, in 100 year life, your bank account and investment portfolio might not be the one thing you can trust on for the rest of your life. But I think the source of financial freedom lies within us. And I think it lies in the choice we make. Do we, once we get to a place of financial freedom, do we want to hold on to that as something that we want to preserve and we become stagnant in life because we are holding on to this notion of I'm financially free and I'll retreat from life and no longer engage with it. And if you make that choice, then you're living a life in some way in fear and anxiety of losing what you have. Or, you know, you can make an alternate choice, which is to live a life full of curiosity and wonder in which you say, hey, you know, I do have this financial plan, so to say, in place, but I do know it can also go away tomorrow. But if I'm curious and if I'm full of wonder about life and its possibilities, and if I choose to figure out in what way can I create value in that, and for people like us, I mean, if you spend 20, 30, 40 years um, doing something, you learn lots of skills and, and talents, and if you combine that with what fascinates you right now, you can always create value. Now, whether I monetize that value or not is up to me. If I don't need money, I don't need to monetize that. But I always want to have that confidence that I'm staying engaged with life. I'm curious about life. And hence, if I need to build back my life from scratch at some point of time, I can choose to do that. So I think the true source of financial freedom in a 100-year life is in the choice you make, whether you retreat from life or do you engage with life with curiosity or wonder.